we find Jesus at midday. The sun is high in the sky. The heat is heavy in the air. He waits by the side of the well, a well that you can still find there in Palestine. It's a small hole cut out of a rock, and there's a deep shaft more than a hundred feet down with just a splash of water at the bottom. He waits there at the edge of this well. He's thirsty. A woman approaches She's a Samaritan. It's unusual. It's unusual for a woman to come alone and to come at that time of day. See, gathering water, it was a social activity. It was done, it was done as a group, usually in the early morning or the late evening. But this woman comes alone Maybe it's because she's chosen to. Maybe she's been ostracized. Maybe it's a little bit, a little bit of both. And as she approaches the well with the bucket, the thing that Jesus needs in order to have the water he hopes for, Jesus speaks to her. He says, can I have a drink of water? And she replies, how is it that you ask me for a drink? Jews and Samaritans, they don't talk to one another. They hated one another. And men and women, except for family, they didn't talk to one another, and especially not in public like this. So Jesus and this woman, they begin a conversation. And in doing so, they are breaking all of the rules. They're breaking the rules of what's proper, what's right, what's policy, what's normal. They begin this holy encounter here at the side of this well. Jesus is in need. He's thirsty. And we discover this woman She's dehydrated also. Maybe in a way she didn't even know. They open themselves. It begins with a mutual vulnerability. They each take a kind of risk. They admit their own humanity, their own brokenness, their own need. They admitted over all of the social conventions of the time. And it flows from there. This conversation. No one is preaching. No one is judging. No one's determining what's right and what's wrong. They're just listening, speaking, hearing. We learn that she's had a hard life. We all know, we all know the kinds of things that have happened to her. They happen to people. They just happen. And her society at the time, 
because of them would have made her a kind of outcast, subject to gossip and scorn. I imagine she knew inside quite a bit of shame. Her security would have been precarious within that society. And she's clearly a survivor. She's been keeping on, keeping on. I really admire her. The conversation, it's intentional. It takes time. Who are you? Who am I? They each ask one another. They open themselves and share. Does anyone know Brene Brown, the writer, does TED Talks? I'll have Erin put her TED Talk on the Facebook page. You can watch it. She writes about shame and vulnerability. She writes about shame and vulnerability. She writes about the kind of vulnerability that's shown between Jesus and the woman at the well. She defines vulnerability as the willingness to show up, the willingness to show up and to be seen. Seen for our entire selves. It involves risking to step over the shame that all of us in some way or another feel. The shame that can get in the way of empathy, in the way of connection. Showing up with our entire selves to be seen. In dealing with how we feel paralyzed by what people may see. She says, vulnerability is not about fear and disappointment. It is the birthplace of everything we are hungry for. Or in the context of this gospel, maybe everything we are thirsty for. Vulnerability, she writes, is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and of change. Innovation, creativity, and change. And so it is for Jesus, and so it is for this woman. Each one enters the other's vulnerability. They show up, they allow themselves to be seen. They present their entire selves to one another. There's no pretense, no judgment, just conversation, just love. And both of them, both of them are transformed. In this conversation, Jesus, for the first time, for the first time in John's gospel, says who he truly is. It's the first time he says he is the Messiah. A revelation that would eventually lead to his arrest, his execution. And she, she leaves her jug behind. At the time, possibly her most valuable possession. And possibly her shame as well. As she moves back, running, running to her village. She becomes an apostle, sharing the good news of God's living water.
How are you? How am I? How are we invited into this story? Entering into conversation with one another. Risking crossing all of those lines, all of those places, those don't go there places, whatever they might be. We all can imagine what some of them might be for us right now. Those things we dodge with our neighbors, with our friends. The ways we don't want to upset one another. Risking to showing up and being seen. Transcending what is right, what is proper, beyond judgment. Just love. You know, right now, Right now, I think possibly our world and definitely our nation is divided more than ever. We just open the newspaper, we turn on the news, we know it. These divisions exist. But God's God's action in the world, God's promise, is about crossing divisions and bringing about healing. That healing begins, it begins with you and it begins with me. It begins with conversations, like the conversation that happened, happened on the side of that well 2,000 years ago, with us showing up to be seen taking the risk to cross divisions, to step aside judgment, to hear each other and share love. That's how the healing of the world happens. God working in us to heal the world. So as we begin our life together, How are we called to talk to one another, to share, to show up with one another, to show up for one another like those two people on the side of the well 2,000 years ago?